0: Okay, well good job everybody. Um we today's DAF today's off is Dartet and we pick up at the bottom of Kermadbet. Um <laughs> Gemara says like this we we switched from the importance of rain and the things that bring rain and the things that cause rain to cease to some comments of sometimes even when it rains and it's important for necessary for the crops or whatever it could still be a siman klala and the point I was making there was not that it is a klala but it's a siman klala and again going to the issue of the symbolism and the religious significance right into the rain so now the Gemara says like this um, the following um okay Um, we'll pick up from that again Amr Ab Yitzchak which is about four lines before the lines get wide on chadah medvet middle of the line five lines Amr Ab Yitzchak even if the years were like the years of Eliyahu you know terrible uh, drought for many years but if the rain fell on Friday so that's a sign what? that is a sign of a curse right Shavva, presumably. That's what Rashi explains it. A day of rain can sometimes be as difficult uh, but as inconveniencing uh, as the, mar- the, the marketplace day, the day of the, the, that the courts are sitting in terms of the, 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 the crowds and the, uh, you know, ever try to get a taxi in the rain? So, you know, there are there are inconveniences that are created um, by the rain. So, again, that's quite funny. You're going years of drought and you're complaining <coughs> that it's raining on a Friday because you have to go outdoors and prepare for Shadis. But, again, the point being that not that it is a khala, but the fact that, it, that when it did rain, it rained off on a Friday, that is a Siman Kla'la. So, again, it's a question about how the religious meaning we read and sort of seeing ra- rain as a way in which it sort of indicates how God is communicating to so us.
1: Do
0: you see it after No. No, she's religiously troubled. So the verse says like this, um Amara Memark, Eloh Tesharkhli Biyosa, but in rahamavachrinan like. Now there's seems like a more general complaint about rain. Um, If it weren't that rain was so necessary, not about a simancla, but just about a question again of inconvenience. If it weren't that rain were so necessary for our uh, survival, you know, it was necessary for for, for the world, I would just pray that there should never be rain. So here's somebody who did not like, was that uh, all he could talk about when it rained was that how it was making his life difficult. So um, again, quite fascinating, this discordant voice amongst all of this discussion. And said, "Reb Yitzchak, Shemesh b'Shabbat tzedakah la'aniim. If there's, if it's a sun on Shabbos, then that's a uh, a kindness or a righteousness to the poor. So netma v'zachalochem yerei Shemesh tzedakah u'mirape. And will shine for you, those that fear my name, the the sun of righteousness and it's and its healing, and it will be healing." so again not exactly clear what it means maybe the Ani'im do not have a field and they don't have to worry about the rain so for them you know this is like, a, like a, you know, a, a flip side of the coin of what was said before they can just appreciate the fact that it's a nice sunny day and they don't have to go to work on Shabbat so they lie out and they sun themselves and they relax and it's very lovely walk
2: over to a meal like, oh, over the maybe yeah that's what
0: Michael just said right, you know, right. You know, that's what Michael just said you know, it's let them. other people are in a better mood They want to share their food. Okay. Um... Now that we have a statement of Reb Yitzchak we're going to um it's a little bit of a digression. We'll see there are elements which connect. Said Reb line. Bracha is only found by something hidden from the eye. as the verse says. Did I skip a line? Oh, I did skip a line. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, second medium line. I skipped a line. Yom So we're back to Gado Yom Geshamim. So before you said G'dol Yom like Ma'an Torah, you know, like um, uh, um, other types of, like Tchiyah Here's Yom G'dol Yom not in terms of a metaphor and a comparison, but in terms of the blessings that it brings with it. Great is the day of rain. That even stuff that's not connected to rain, even the money in your bank account, uh, you know, is blessed. So it's, it brings our fortune and success to all endeavors, the day of rain. is the verse, So not only is the rain, but with the rain in general comes a blessing to all of your endeavors. And again, here's, again, sort of seeing this issue that rain, I believe, sort of signifies God's, you know, connection to the land, favor to the people, bringing blessing. So if it's, a, if it's not just what it is, but it's also a sign of blessing, then it brings with it other forms of blessing as well. And um, all things are blessed. If
2: you're a farmer, this is
1: literally
0: true. Well... It's literally true, yes, but his point is going beyond being a farmer. His point is even if you got money in your bank account, somehow it gets blessed. The stock market goes up when it rains. That's what he's saying. Okay, so he's making the point that it's not just the immediate sort of impact, uh, you know, the obvious impact of the rain. Okay, um, what? <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and see if there's, if there's any correspondence. There you go. Make a killing in the market if you find even a little bit of a correspondence there. Okay, anyway, so the comment says like this. Um, um ve amarab says it um ana rahamtu ya this you see the connection again because talking about the blessing of your wealth so you know even in non obvious or you know non necessarily obviously causal ways so says <laughs> it yetraq ana can only it will only be found in something hidden from the eye shina amar you know this is, um it's avasham it khata God should command the blessing to you in your gathering, the Rasamecha plan words, samui, and that which is Hidden. Like that's the whole idea of saying like Kinai Nahara. You know, when you mention you know, you say something, you, you know, you, you point out uh, you know something something about someone, so then you're like, you know, something good. I mean what's also that like that that provokes jealousy and provokes other people to give you an eye and Hara, so you want to say Kinai Nahara. But the also point is is that if you don't publicize the thing and you allow it to be beneath the surface, it allows it to be blessed. Once you're sort of identifying it and focusing on it, it's harder for it to increase because maybe there for God's, you know, God's um, um, activity would be more obvious. You're asking God to do a more obvious miracle. If you want something, if you count up all your money and you have, you know, you have a thousand dollars, and next you go back and there's two thousand dollars, it's an obvious miracle. You don't know how much money you had, and then you're allowing the uh, blessing to occur. You're allowing, you know, God to work in more hidden ways. Um, seems to be the idea, uh, but let's keep on reading a little. We'll see. Seems to be the same point said in different words. Blessing is only found by something that the eye does not, uh, you know, does not have uh, dominion over. In your gathering, same, seems to be same pasuk. Seems to be the same point. And now we're going to spell it out even more. You're going to measure your granary. God, please, you know, give blessing to the uh, to the acts of our hands. Bless is the one who sends his blessing to this uh, um, uh, mound of grain. Now you measured it, so all this is before you know exactly how much you have. Now you measure the grain and you know how much you have. And then you make a blessing. God should send his blessing. That is a prayer of naught, a purposeless prayer. See, I mean, I guess you could pray that you know, you'll get a good price at the market, but if what you're praying is that you should have something more or different than what you already know you have, then that's a meaningless prayer. If you know the, not something weighed or measured or counted only something hidden from the eye and again this really seems to be the idea like you know as far as you're concerned before you've measured it you know what's going to happen you know also is there going to be more grain than there was before and presumably that seems to be the point that God could allow a miracle to happen or something to happen if it's not obvious that God is you know is violating the laws of nature before, until you you are, don't know about, while you don't know about it, there could be God could effect some change. But once it's measured and you know exactly what you're talking about, then you're demanding from God to change the laws of nature, and that God is not going to do. You know, it's sort of like uh, there's a famous grub about this there, because there's a mission in, um, in, uh, in Brechot about Silat uh, Shav. It says that somebody who hears, let's say, something terrible happened in the city and says, oh, I hope that didn't happen in my house. Like you hear an ambulance, you say, Oh, I hope it's not anybody I know. You know, you pray, it's a tsilachjab because whatever happens already happens. So the Vilmagone says it's, 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 says, it's not like God couldn't change the past, it's just that God won't. So, <laughs> so you can sort of think about your science fiction, you know, time travel questions about that. But anyway, but the point being, similar to I think this point, God can change you know can create a miracle that violates nature he could give you more grain than you thought you had but he won't do it once once it's obvious, like once it's measured and you know what's happening, then then it's not going to happen. So yeah. you probably
2: be the reasons for two things, why it's taboo to count people, because then it's like reviewing Yeah, the I, see, right.
0: Camera, so we don't see fish, right? right? Right, So that is, so it is yeah. true. So I, th- that type of thing is that, Google it, well, like fish hidden from the eyes and it ties into the whole uh, those issues counting people it's interesting you know to some degree I think counting people is based on something else but you are right that in the story by David where he counts the people the sense you actually get is, is that you don't want to quantify by quantifying it you are you know you are sort of by quantifying the blessings you're somehow minimizing the blessing you know and it's better something less unquantified um, okay so anyway but I think again what's interesting about this the two statements of Yitzchak coming into a bracha is the sense that God's blessing works not only in natural ways. When it rains, even the money in your bank account blesses, you know, or at least if you don't have know the bank account because then maybe that's already counted the exact amount. <laughs> but it's not only the natural impact of rain, God's blessing comes with the rain and can act in ways that are not necessarily causal in a natural sense, but you have to allow it to happen behind the scenes. Yes? It's funny because I, I would
3: think that the argument goes the other way. The argument about rain being a blessing
0: But the economy. Right. Ah, interesting. And, and it's oh, that's interesting. You mean so if if, if 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 there's better produce all around, then it stimulates the economy in all in all various it
3: stimulates ways. Stimulates consumer demand.
0: And right. That's and interesting. For everybody. That's and interesting. I, I would
3: have thought that, that this this collection of, of statements from Revyta right. is actually saying the guy works through the big strokes. Uh-huh, the big strokes of meteorology. Right. And you might want to think that he's doing special stuff for you, but anybody who says that they see God's hand being revealed to them, uh-huh. he doesn't buy it. He says uh-huh. maybe it happens in the silo when you're totally unaware of it. Right. So I, I think... You want to read him pushing the opposite. Yeah, yeah. The, the rules of nature and the economy.
0: That's interesting. Okay. So a few truths of the keys to be understood in very... <coughs> in a very sort of natural terms not but that's uh, interesting and then consistent with the idea that he's saying don't claim supernatural involvement nice. that's not the way things happen right that's nice What's okay alright thank you alright so now the Gemara goes on we have these the little words but you'll see there's siman meaning that's just a mnemonic for the next things that are going to be stated so back to the idea of how great is the day of the rain so again we we've had digressions in general what makes it rain what stops it from raining the last was to say about the blessing that comes with it but now we're back to our normal theme which is to create uh, to talk about some type of 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 an analogy or a metaphor so great is the day of uh, uh, of rain, like the day of the gathering of the exiles. Sheneemar shuvah Hashem et banegev. God return our captivity, like the, um, you know, like the, uh, like the rushing waters in the, uh, you know, in the Negev. Ve'in afikim elamatar, and afikim is the rain. Sheneemar bayiru afikayam, and they saw the uh, the uh, the streams of the ocean. Now, how does that stream mean rain? So Amar of Yochanan Oh, no, so that's it. So it doesn't exactly say. But somehow it means, I think Rashi says here, um, moteya. Anyway, somehow it means the rushing waters, and therefore here it's understood to mean the rushing, um, the rain. Although probably also what it really means is that when it rains and it goes into the wadi, yeah. it creates these, you know, these uh, rushing streams. So the rain brings around the afikim. Um,
2: when the nakal is dry. Right, a nakal
0: is a wadi. And is, then it becomes, the and, right, when it becomes, a, exactly. So it's funny, the <laughs> quotes from the Pesuk over there from by Yurah Yam. Shad of the psukim is like it's you know that's the whole idea that the return of the captivity is all of a sudden like you get a you know rain and you get a flash flood you know because all the way the wadi works it looks like a funnel like it funnels all of the water into you know into the wadi okay He said that a third I
3: was just, uh, yeah said a third of an inch of a there's
0: a flood 15 feet high really wow okay um Okay. Um uh, Adamar Ab Yohanan says Reb Yochan Dodo Yom Geshamin Shafidu guy is so postkospo. Great is the day of rain that even the troops uh, stop then, which maybe means they stop marching because it's raining, but also maybe means they take a break from going to war. Shenemar, as the verse says, You have, uh, you have faded, um, its, uh, um, uh, furrows, and the troops have rested. So the troops here meaning like even the uh, troops, the army troops. That's <laughs> of it really literally means. I mean, like, it, you know, in the bank Probably. at Okay. I Ainu mean, mean, shemim rain is only withheld. Back to why rain is withheld now. the So this is an interesting thing to connect it to, and here, here we really see we'll see a direct metaphor: people that promise to give uh, tzedakah, you know, you know, amongst the, in in public, and then they don't fulfill their promise. So the verse says nisim veruach the geshem ayin. So you know, it's like clouds and wind, but no rain. Ish mitalev the and that's a person praising himself with false gifts. With, uh, you know, so therefore it's the same thing. There's a lot of wind, you know, we hear all your words, we hear your promises, but there's no rain that comes afterwards. The actual, the actual tachlis, you know, that we're, that we're longing for and that we need doesn't follow all of the wind and all of the promises. So, same type of, uh, so that, that is exactly paralleled by these promises of rain that don't materialize. The Amar Reb Yochanan and Sezor Reb Yochanan what's meant by the verse Tapos Ter-Malaf Aser to Aser you should certainly take tithes. Aser Bishvi Shetit Asher Take tithes in order that you shall become rich so here we are you know, again going to this correspondence you did this and God responds that way so and we've discussed already the issue of rain not coming because of the lack of giving true the lack of sort of recognizing God's hand so therefore there's no rain and we just saw similar correspondence here you know you promise to give others you give others you know that leads to the giving God giving you the rain Um, and here too now we're sort of taking rain out of the picture or at least you know we're not directly having it in the but if you give your fare, then you will be recompensed, there will be a midah, and you will become rich. Mm-hmm. So obviously a play on words here. I say Yochanan, we Now found the child of Reish Lakish, um, and we will see two things in this story. Number one, this was his nephew, Reish Lakish was married to his sister. And number two, Reish Lakish was already dead, as we'll see a little bit later in the story. Anyway, so he found Reish Lakish's child, and he said to him, Erii Pzukchah, Tell me the Pasek that you're learning. Amalei, aser ta I'm learning the Pasek. Aser ta You should take tides. Amalei, my aser ta Now, it's a little bit unclear here because it has another Amalei, but it's clear from later that basically this child said to Rabbi Yochanan, what does the Pasek mean? Like, you know, give me some insight into the Pasek. I understand. So, I understand. Amalei, aser bishvil shetit asher. Ah, let me tell you a good pshat. Gil in order that you should become rich. Amalei, so the child said to him, minolacha, how do you know? You know, uh, that's a nice little draft, but how do you know it works? am Zil Nasi, give it a try. Go ahead, see what'll happen. Do uh, do a test. Is it appropriate to test God? Vaccine? sashem, do not test God. So well I'm gonna test God, I'm gonna give a miser and see if it actually makes me rich. away. he said, to him. this is what Rabbi Hoshia says. This is the one thing that you're allowed to test God. This is the exception. as the verse says. Bring all of the tithes to the, uh, you know, to the, uh, uh, gathering, to the, uh, storage house. Ye tariffs they see, and there will be uh, food in my house. <music> you may test me in this matter. <speaking ships> if I will not open for you the uh, the uh, uh, uh stor- no, no, yeah, well, no, ar- the, uh, the 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 windows of the heaven. I <speaking> speak> will pour down to you blessing without enough. My ad die or without you know without without limit. What does it mean adbeli die? ami ad yivlu until it's obviously you play bala yivlu beli until your lips grow weary saying enough 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 there'll be so much you'll you know you'll you'll, you'll be weary saying that it's enough and I'll still there'll be more blessings. So you're allowed to test God. Give your Meister nice it'll all work out. a lay. So this kid said back to Rabbi Yochanan his nephew, smati Had I, you know, you stopped me. I was looking aser to aser. I didn't get up yet to Malachi. That was a flat two years later in my learning. But had I gotten up to that pasuk, I read, I read to that you have a smati la I would have needed you or Hoshea your rabbi. I got to figure that out myself. It's a pasuk? I needed you to tell me a pasuk, so I didn't know the pasuk yet. But it's no because. Okay. Anyway, so it wouldn't have been maybe a play of aser to aser. I wouldn't have sort of done the play on words. But the puzzle is clear. It says, "Bring the maser, and I'll give you wealth." Now, the interesting thing I would mention here, by the way, is here's a puzzle that explicitly says that I'll give you rain, right? Or it's implicit, maybe an explicit. I'll open up arubot hashamayim. Now, you know, you could say, uh, like, like uh, you know, there's that one story by the novi where it says, God opened the Arabodesh and like, like the image of like, I'm going to pour grain down the window, not, not rain. But still, presumably, opening up the heavens and being blessed with grain means being blessed with rain. And nevertheless, this puzzle is not brought in into the explicit discussions of like, what brings rain? Like, why does it say like, you know, Meister brings rain, you know, and can test God with this. This whole thing is about rain. It sort of cuts the rain out of the discussion, right? Meister will lead Give you wealth and give it a try. So it's interesting how again I don't have an explanation, but it's interesting how it's sort of taken as a standalone point. Now, interestingly about that is that this leads to not this alone, but you know there's a whole pr- a custom that develops in the period of the uh, Ashkenazi we've shown him about Maaser Safim. About tithing your, your 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 income, which is not you know in any gemarot, not in the psukim, because uh, you know there the technical halachic obligation is only about the grain and it is only in Eretz Yisrael. But of course, once the economy shifts. From, know, from, film, like uh, to, oh, that's true but once the economy shifts from agriculture to you know to commerce and other types of things you know so you, we, where's the whole concept of Maeser what does it all go to so uh, you know so Toshos if you take a look Toshos quotes he quotes this in the name of the Sifrei it is not in the Sifrei that we have and when I read it you tell me why what the indication is that this is clearly a medieval drasha so look at the first line of Toshos Aser Taser Aser Taser Yoteh Shana, shana. How about uh, interest and uh, business, commerce, and all other types of uh, of, of income generating activities? How do I don't know you have to give maaser? Tom et kol. Okay, and then he goes on with other types of um of Haggadah talks about that. If you don't give math there, then you'll only then you know you'll only get a tenth of what you, you then the roles will reverse. Until now you took ninety percent and you gave God ten percent. If you don't give math there, then your stuff will only produce ten percent of what it used to do, and God will take the other ninety percent, you know. And all of the negative consequences of not giving Maser and the positive consequences of giving it. So one thing obviously that's important is by eliminating rain from the equation here, right, it becomes more speaking about bottom line, you know, as opposed to, again, the emphasis here which is so much about rain and its religious significance, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to give Maser, right, 10% a lot, like I worked all this hard, I'm going to give away 10%, so we focus right on the bottom line, you give your 10% and this is a good investment, you'll get rich, right, so that also like helps encourage the giving of the Maser and it also. E- more easily translatable at least as far as ptosis is concerned to issues having nothing to do with agriculture right give the mouse there and you know and it'll help your general success in business and in all types of things so that's interesting again to note what you know the elimination of rain from the equation the other thing I just will point about out about ptosis is what's the indication that this is not a, uh, a toitic uh, source this issue about well, well, well no but repeat repeat pre- right repeat the idea that Rebeat was mentioned at all and mentioned first, right, that the, when did the Jews start making money from, you know, charging interest was really only in the Middle Ages. So this clearly, and there, it, we don't have this in R.C. Frey, and though some Rishoné Ashkenaz will claim that the idea of Maeserk Safran is biblical or rabbinic, the overwhelming consensus is that it's a hog. but it's a fascinating idea, which is taking something which was, you know, so much central to, you know, our um, Religious and social obligations, societal obligations, in terms of our, you know, in, in terms of in terms of our uh, income, um, and how that became moot once a we weren't living in Israel and b our income wasn't based on the uh, on agriculture. So you know, it's really like the taking of this value and saying We're not prepared to give up this value and finding a way to still hold on to it and transfer it from this halakhic or biblical maaser of grain to this idea of maaser safim. And um, um, but you know, again, but then. It's becomes also difficult with that sense about for some people, well, if it's not extra halacha, it's 10%, so I really have to do it. So, you know, agatha such as this, and about the consequences of the power of giving makes you rich, not giving makes you poor, and so on, are very powerful. Yes? So, right, so that's a good question. The sense is, you know, if you think about master in general... The focus of the Masa and the Psukim is to give to God. Now, how does it, how do you give to God? So, you give to God by giving to the Levine or you give to God by bringing it to Yerushalayim, Maishrashenim, every now and then, two out of every six years, you'll do something to the Anayim, but it doesn't focus on the Anayim. The Masa is basically, you know, uh, you know, um, to give, uh, conceptually, it's giving it to God. Whereas for the Rishonim, the emphasis was it's to give to the Anayim. It's, it was a directly a way of framing what your Tzedak obligations were. There are two votes written about can you direct some of your Meisar Ksufin money to religious um, purposes, which are not specifically about the poor and yeshivas, there's a, yeshivas and shuls and all those types of things? There the well, there's a debate about that. There's a debate about that. Yeah. Okay. Rabbi, just, yes. I just
2: really wanted to note that I, what I thought was really powerful was the way his nephew spoke to his uncle.
0: Yes. Well, we're not done with that. Let's keep okay, on going. But well, you mean it was a little chutzpah, Dick?
2: Well, I was going to say it's a very powerful model for. Okay, being respectful is one thing, but if you're engaged in total, you're allowed to engage with right.
0: challenges. Right. You know, and... and oh, you you still don't think a little chutzpah dick. Heck, if I would have got to that public, who would have... I wouldn't have needed you. or you know, <laughs> <Well, I'm> <laughs> well, Hoshiah. You know, Rebbe Hoshiah. Hoshiah, you're Rebbe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so, okay. You not even know your life uh, dying uh, uh, Well, we're, we're, let's keep on going. Well, one person's enthusiasm is another person's chutzpah. So, let's keep on going. <laughs> I think it might sound like this. The two and in addition Azkachei Rabbi Yochanan Li Yenuka De Reish Lakish Rabbi Yochanan San Reish Lakish his child Yassi Vamer, was sitting and saying the following pasuk Adam the foolishness of a man will uh, pervert his path the Al Hashem Yizaiif libo, and on God he will uh, direct his anger you know his heart will be angry later, so you know yeah you Tamishle know, maybe he didn't go in order Yassi maybe he realized oh I missed the pasuk in Malachi I got to start from the other end and work back maybe or something I don't know. Anyway, Yosef Reb Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan was sitting the Kameitame. He overheard this, and he was he, he was astounded. He was thinking about this. I um, he said, "Mika midi, is there anything that's written in the Ksuvim in the later writings to Lomerimizibaraisa that that not already hinted to in the Torah? Because the Torah is the source of everything." I'mule. So he said back to him, "Atu ha milo remizy? Are you telling me? Meaning the now the kid is answering to, to back to Reb Yochanan before Yochanan, Yochanan sort of bested him by quoting a pasuk. Here, the kid is, is is the one coming up with the answer. Wait, this is hinted to in the pasuk. Uh, see, the verse says, Elohim lanu." Right. So here, when the brothers are you know are having suffering the consequences of uh, yeah. selling Yosef, they're saying, "What did God do to us?" They're blaming God about it. So, uh, so you see, you go ahead and you are, your misdeeds cause your own you know state of affairs, but you want up blaming God exactly like the Pasuk and Mishle so Dal Ene so he lifted up his eyes Another uh, story is that Bjorn has like super long eyelashes that he needs people to lift up for him but those are very much Babylonian Agaritas anyway whatever Dal Ene he lifted up his eyes to Chazabe, and he saw him he looked at him so, and maybe he was looking at him with not a pleasant look, like, you know, with a... Uh, um, so, Aske ime his mother came, this is Rabbi Yochanan's sister, and got him out of there. Amalei, and, and she said to him, her son, kame, go away from him. He shouldn't do you like he did to your father, because of the story that Rabbi Yochanan gave a look to Reish Lakish, and Reish Lakish died. So basically, these go back to a series of stories where rabbis give these, you know, evil looks to people that they are not... Trying Favors in their eyes and they drop dead reminded, so,
2: him of his
0: reminded him of his past
2: reminded yeah. him of his past Rabbi reminded Yeah. of
0: well, this is Reish kid. No, I understand, but like it is what he did to his
2: father.
0: Exactly. So the mother, the Rohan's sister, Rashukesh's widow, said to her son, you better get out of no, here no, so no, he doesn't kill to you. Mother,
2: it's the
0: same thing to you. He doesn't kill you? Like he killed your father. Exactly. Okay. So um, all right. So that was a pretty uh, interesting end to that story. Um, I don't know what I get what I do get from it is the following is that again, you know, the is once again regularly shifting between the issues of rain And Torah, specifically also Torah in the context of the relationship of a Rebbe to a student. That's been a constant theme moving back and forth. And I think the idea, again, is, is that, you know, is that uh, the relationship aspect, you know, God gives us the rain, it's God communicating with us, God, you know, intimacy with us, and there's this sort of Rebbe student model as well, which is sort of maps onto that. So here you see, and maybe it's almost like in contrast, and I think this is going to play out later, you know, here you can annoy, if you annoy the Rebbe, he can look at you and drop dead, whereas God, presumably, you know, God's, uh, you know, with everything that we've seen before about the rain, it has not been that harsh or that fatal, you know. So I think maybe in a way it's almost suggesting that God's relationship to us is more compassionate than the one sometimes we actually assign here. Or if
2: your uncle killed your father, you
0: don't
3: have a beautiful life. There you go. You, you should just <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good feels
0: that he's acting inappropriately to uh, uh-huh. in uh, so you mean this helps us understand what the chutzpah response was before yeah how
2: <laughs> well, do
0: know the boy before was well it's us his son you knew could racial well, okay. well, the the, they, number they number. both did okay, okay so it like this could ask, oh, yeah. I could have interpreted it completely differently it could have been a
3: rhetorical question all the time I'm saying to my students but what about X and if I come up with the answer I give them a good look
0: uh, yeah maybe I mean only by context you know it was evil there's right there's nothing other than M- maybe maybe look I also think here that it's immediately in the context of like two things again about the relationship one is you know if you give uh, if you give master God will give you all this blessing and the other thing is and sometimes you you know you just you know like kids will sometimes just put all displace all of their anger and frustration on their parents so here you're a person right you've caused your own situation Situation and you blame it all on God, okay? So, and so, you know, but, but nevertheless, I like think with all of this, you know, God is not acting in a capricious or overly harsh way. And when God is promising blessing, you might blame God, but it doesn't say God is going to react. And I think that that's being implicitly contrasted to how, you know, rashly and fatally, Rabbi Yochanan reacted when he felt his honor was being challenged. So to me, I see this as suggesting a strong contrast between these two. Let's keep on reading. Okay? So it says like this. Um, okay. Rabbi Yochan also says, God will bring rain even for one person. One person deserves rain. God will make a rain for that one person. But a sub-general sense of like sustenance, of well-being of the economy, you know, more broad sustenance, that's only if the masses are served. Yistach Hashem L'cha, G-d should open for you in the singular, at utzeru ha-tov latet mentar arzichah, to give the, 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 the storehouse in order to give the rain of your land, singular. I am going to rain down for you... Um, uh, uh, you know, bread from the heavens, so lachem is in the plural, so it's not just the rain, it's more broadly parnasah, and therefore that would only be for the masses. Um, now it's, again, that's quite fascinating given that this whole masechet is about, if it doesn't rain, then it's about a sibur. it's a problem of the community and a communal fast, um, and here we're sort of seeing that the rain might, at least maybe, the positive aspects of the rain might be, might be coming, maybe withholding the rain is a communal issue, but the fact that it's raining, you know, might even be for the sake of an individual and in a way, as I've mentioned, one theme that will be coming up is the Yechidim that pray when it when initially, even before the Tzibur prays. And again, the Choni right, though? So there is the role of Yechidim in the rain as well, and that will be another theme. Okay, so now the verse goes like this. Um, I ask you on this, Reb Yosef, Reb Yudomer, Israel. Three great providers stood up for the Jewish people, Elohim, um, and these are they: Moshe, Aaron, the Gimel, Matanos, Yadam. And three great gifts were given through them: Elohim, Be'er, Anan, Uman, the well, and the cloud, and the uh, and the man air, bischut Miryam, the well for, in the merit of Miryam. Oh. Miryam also very connected to water and the whole water and nurturing. Again, we've had a discussion whether water and the rain is a, well, this is not the rain, but anyway, is a male or female image, but okay. Here it's connected to Miryam. Amud Anan Aharon, the cloud in the in the honor of Aharon. Uman, um, and, you know, again, just to say some type of a connection, you know, of course, it's the Aharon who brings the Anan HaKeton, we have to start in this week's parashah, you know, and then Anand, that sense of God's presence in the Mishkan, so maybe that's some of the connection there. And Man, Yishkut Moshe, and the Man in the merit of Moshe, Meitam Miriam, when Miriam died, Ni Ka the Be'er disappeared, Shene v'tamat sham Miriam, Bexivat Rei, the ayamayim So there was no water. So what's the connection? The Miriam On Miriam's merit, they had this well that that, that came around with them. Rashi says says it was a rock that water came out of, because we know water is coming out of rocks a lot in the Torah. And when Miriam died, so it was no longer there, and that's why they thirsted. And in the merit of the the two of them, it came back. Rashi says, how do you know it came back in the merit of the two of them? Because God says to Moshe and Aaron, go and speak to the rock, and it will bring out the water. So that's the two of them brought back the, the well. Mate Aharon, Aaron died, Nistalek Kavot, the heavenly clouds disappeared, Amar, Nani, the Canaanites, the king of Arad, who heard Yehu Yoshev Hanega right, and Yisrael, Israel was coming, and whatever, and he went to war against them. So, mashmua shama. What, what did he hear? So the simple sense of the Psalm is that he heard that Israel was passing by. But the Gemara says, what did he hear? He heard what it said about in the previous parak. Shamash made Aaron heard that Aaron died, and he stuck on the and the cleavenly clouds had departed, and they were now exposed and not protected. Who And he knew loreshuvi lachem Israel. He has permission now to go to war against Israel. The That's what it says. The whole nation saw that Aaron had died, expired. Do not say they saw. Elo They were just, they were they were exposed. They were visible. They became visible to the reish like reish Ki has four meanings. E d'ilma ella We had this uh, earlier. Um, I'm not going to un- totally unpack this right here. Um, this we had this from Hashanah Anyway, e if d'ilma lest El rather and d'ha that or because. So here it's reading They were they, they, they became visible and exposed. because Arana died. Not they saw that Arana died. They became visible because Arana died. So the class went away when Aaron died um, uh, where were we? Chazu shnei Moshe then we, we that, but, but, but Moshe brought both of them back um, I don't know how we know that mate Moshe and then when Moshe died nistalku um, kulan um, then they all disappeared as the verse says echad." I will uh, destroy the three shepherds in one month so where were the three shepherds? It must have been Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam, the three leaders. But Zaki b'yach echad mesa. do they really all die in one month? Follow Miriam mesa Nisan Miriam died in Nisan because it says before the story of Miriam it says Chodesh Harishon. The Aaron ba'av and Aaron died in Av and Moshe ba'dar. If you look in the pesukim, you'll see that. So what does it mean all in one month? All three gifts were, 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 you know, ceased in one month. So that's how you know indirectly that Moshe brought them back. Because they all, if they all disappeared at once, it must have been that they returned, um, when, from, in the sake of Moshe. And now Moshe died, they all disappeared. They all disappeared. Now that was all, fascinating why is it relevant to us it's relevant to us because of the following Alma Ashkechan Parnassah Bishil Yachid so you see one person just Moshe or just Moshe just Aaron just Miriam they brought Parnassah Moshe brought the Man so it wasn't just Parnassah for because of the Rabbim so there's obviously an answer here. The Gemara says no. Shani Mosha to the Moshe is different since he's needed for the masses. You know, obviously he's a leader, so he's like the masses. So it's it's coming on his merits. Um, it can come for the merit of one person, and if, if that person is in a position of leadership, like Moshe. But in general, for there to be general, you know, success in the economy, that's coming as a result of that the masses to serve it, as opposed to rain that could come for just the sake of one person. So Gemara says, Rav Huna bar Manoach, Rav Shmuel bar Now we have this puzzle of Zachidah Shlochet Haro'im. We're going to repeat a theme that we just introduced earlier with Rav Yochanan. So Rav Huna and Rav Shmuel bar Eidi, Rav Chia mi Vastania, have a have a shlichah come to So they used to be in front of Ravah. They were Ravah's talmidim, and they would learn from Ravah. Kinach naftei to Ravah. Now Ravah passed away. Also the came to All right, so they went to learn from Rav Papa. Every time Rav Papa would say over a sugya, would say over a teaching, and it did not make so much, so, so much sense to them, like he wasn't saying it over so sharply or so clearly, ahadadi. they would signal one another. They'd say, oh God. Like, you know, whatever they'd say, they'd, you know, say something to indicate like the thing like it used to be with Ravah. If Ravah was here, we would know what was going on. So, you could totally see this. Chalash Zaitek, so Rav Papa became very despondent. He became, he became, he became. Oh, he, like he felt terrible, like you know, embarrassed every day that he's not as smart as or he's not as good of a teacher. So So they, whoever they is, up in heaven, they read to Rav Papa the following verse in his dream: "I will destroy the three shepherds." He had these three students. So, oh, you'll make you feel better up, Papa, don't worry, we'll just, uh, we'll get rid of them. So, the next morning, he had mystery minay, when they took their leave from him, at the end of the year. Amaluhu, Bishla, Bishama, the rabbis should go in peace, which is basically <laughs> like saying, you know, goodbye, I'm not going to be seeing you anymore. So, <laughs> so, which is a pretty sad story. I mean, it's not like he tried to pray in their defense. It's not like he whatever. It's like he was happy with that result. Or maybe he felt he couldn't do anything about it. But anyway, the point being that they're now, you know, he's maybe not to blame. He didn't ask for it. But nevertheless, he seems a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, uh, insensitive to the result. But once again, we have this idea that that the student, the relationship of the students and the rabbi, when not ideal, leads to very fatal and drastic results. As a, and this is in direct contrast to the way I'm reading this, to the fact that for just one person, God could bring rain. You know, God is the much more compassionate uh, father, parent, or whatever, teacher than human beings. Human beings, you, have a, you, you know, you annoy them, and they give you a look, or whatever it is, and it could it could be drastic. You know, God just for one person will bring rain. That's what I sort of see as the implicit concept. these
3: three rabbis don't die.
0: We never hear exactly what happened. And happens.
3: the note here says, he blessed the rabbis to protect us. Yeah, from yeah
0: that to me seems a little, a little a little apologetic. Okay. Legendary. <laughs> yeah, sure. I believe he's a little apologetic. A and let's keep on reading, okay? Yeah, what? I know, okay. what? Don't even give a I know. Like, let's keep on reading, okay? <laughs> so, Rav Barashi, so another story that so- somewhat reinforces this, but has pe- a little bit more preventative. Rav Barashi coming to Rav Papa. He used to be in front of Rav Papa, learn from Rav Papa. And he would ask a lot of good Akashas against Rav Papa so Yom HaChad Chazi follow Ape one day Rav Shim saw Rav Papa, like you know fall on his face like he, like he had so many questions he just put his head down on the table wait 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 you know you're overwhelming me hold on and, like he saw him fall, fall on his face Shame the Da'amar and then he overheard Rav, Rav Papa saying Rachmana Litzlan Mikisufa Dishimi God should save us from the embarrassment of Shimi because Shimi was embarrassing him every day with such good questions now we already know exactly the idea of what it means for God to save Rav Papa from embarrassment so so Shamei so what did he do so Kimelele Hikusa so Shimi decides from that point on I'm not asking any questions I'm just going to keep quiet <laughs> rather not ask like, my questions and not have to suffer what it means to protect Rav Papa from his embarrassment <laughs> the two lor- actually, and he didn't ask him anymore okay so again you know pretty harsh in terms of that relationship or in terms of the, the sort of tiptoeing around that relationship The afresh walk is back to our major theme, but again, the constant shifting back and forth between rain and rebbe and student. Uh, as I see, just you know, is, is consistent here. Uh, and the Avrei Shlakhi Saba, and even Rishlakhi holds, Shdikus Matar B'Shvi Yachid that rain can come even for an individual. The Amrei Shlakhi for his says, Yachid. How do you know rain comes for an individual? the verse says, Shalume Hashem Matar Ask from God for rain at the time of the Malkosh for it rain. Hashemu Seh Chazizim. God makes Chazizim. We'll see how the Gemara explains that. Some English have that as like lightnings. Umatar geshem yitain. And rain and uh, rain, whatever God will give, yitain lahem, will give to them. Le'ish eisev To each person, uh, grass or, you know, uh, um, um, in the field. So it's leish, even for one person. Maybe God will only bring rain for, for everyone, if everyone needs it or deserves it. Even for one person. For we done a Maybe all his fields. Like maybe, you know, if it's all going to bring rain for one person, um, we're not going to be more, you know, sort of a micro than that, and uh, all of the fields will be rained on. No? sadeh. If one field needs it and one field doesn't, it's only rain on the field that needs it. Isadeh sadeh. Maybe the whole field. Even on one on one piece of grass. So the rain can be very precise. So, you know, I do think that what this is reflecting is the reality as we experience it, which is, you know, sometimes it rains very briefly, sometimes it rains in one spot and another spot. Another sometimes it rains and it stops raining. So again, if you're interpreting that theologically, you're saying, well, God can bring rain exactly whom and when and where it's exactly needed. Um, okay. So, kiha. Um uh, he hadina like the server of the Daniya Barkatina. So Hadale Hahiji Nasa he had a garden like uh called Yoma Hari Azil Sila. Every day he would go and he would inspect it. Amr Hamishra Bhai Maya, this uh this bed needs water. This furrow needs water. Behind me is Golovai Maya. This one doesn't need water. And then the rain would come and would water exactly the places that needed the water and not the places that did it. What's so again fascinating about this is that sort of sense of confidence. Like he can say this yes and this no. It seems like he's almost expecting God to then listen and follow suit. Okay. Now the like Gemara interprets the Paslik, my Hashem Chazizim, God makes Chazizim. I'm going to So again here the sense of God you know, not, the rain is not just this sort of macro way of God interacting with the world. You know, this whole question, of course, you know, how does an infinite regard God relate to like a finite, you know, human beings and the finite world? So for some people, it's an easier answer if you think about that. There's, you know, not in terms of like what we call hashkacha practice. You know, not in terms of like, well, God doesn't micromanage every detail. Maybe like the broad strokes. So again, what the you know, you could say, okay, rain. The whole people need the rain. Maybe that's the degree of God's intervention. But with this this Gemara is, is insisting is you know again and again sort of thinking about the religious significance that the rain is indicating not just God's general interaction with us but at, you know it's very much at the individual level signifying God's relationship to us so, so this is again the theme here that for every tzaddik and tzaddik God makes an individual chaziz so okay what's the chaziz so that's the plural but my chazizim what are these chazizim so Amra of Yehuda it's a porchot per, per What's that? So, Amar a sign that it's going to rain are these parchot. My parchot? What are the parchot? Amar says papa, klisha to say Ava a thin cloud underneath, underneath a thick, dark, heavy cloud. So if you have a little thin cloud, uh, you know, coming underneath it, that's a sign that there will be a lot of rain or good rain, I guess. Amar Yehuda, nihila migmi mitra. Asimitra if these small clouds come before the rain then the rain will come or then it will be a good rain. Basimitra if it comes after the rain Pasikmitra then the rain will stop immediately you know, you know very soon or immediately after and it won't resume. Now mikmi Mitra Asimitra the idea that if you see these little clouds before the rain the rain will come out you know well the simoncha, the simon is mochuto, like a sieve like if you're using a sieve first comes out the uh depending on the Sivagas first comes out like the uh, fine stuff um, and then the um, um, and then comes out uh, wait, did I skip a line? no? okay, okay like I said first comes out like the um, um, wait, one minute one minute Well, minute
2: uh,
0: oh no, no, no I misread I forgot to interpret yeah. the word I'm a Rav going to back a few lines when Rav Yuda says nihila so nihila means a, a drizzle like a, a thin rain so he said now he's no longer about the cloud so Amaravira Nihila thin rain is how he's reading the, the drizzle mikmi mitra asimitra before the rain means that the rain will come out will come well mitra thin rain after the rain after the heavy rain pasik mitra will mean the rain ends now mikmi mitra felt like a sieve so first like this sometimes the, the way whatever the the types of way they sieved they, 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 they sifted is like a, a, the thin shaft would come out and then the heavy stuff would come afterwards um, at least it's what Rashi says. the basa mitra a drizzle after the rain means the rain will cease the uh, the, um, uh, the uh, excrement of, um, of goats apparently it comes out heavy and then if it comes out in small it's like drizzles or whatever small then it stops Okay. anyway it's a drizzle and the drizzle at coming at the right time is a sign that the rain will come Uma Now Ula came to bother. of proposed he saw these provoke either these are uh, these are uh, thin clouds with the thin rain. Amalahu he said to the people around in the hostas and Mitra get clear out the vessels, you know, take all the stuff indoors. It's about to come down like a you know, a heavy rain is about to come. so Mitra and in the end no rain came even though there were these uh, thin clouds or this start uh, drizzle. Ammar, you say, Ah, you see, the same way Babylonians are liars, hachi, mishaki, mitrai, their rain is a liar. So, so you have all these signs, like going back to the Gemara before about making promises in public about giving tzedakah and not fulfilling them. You have all the signs that rain will come, and rain doesn't come. And that somehow is a reflection of the people of the place. Um, so again sort of seeing this type of uh, metaphysical correspondence
2: or, or mispredicting the weather is already an ancient
0: tradition <laughs> or rather to blame the uh, fault on the people than on his own mispredictions okay Ula ikwa L'Bothel Ula came to Chazi Malasana de Tamri he saw a basket filled with um, with dates Bezuza for just a zuz, a full basket of dates for a Zeus. what a bargain! Omar, he said, de you have a basket full of honey. You know, dates are like they made honey out of it; it's very sweet. For just a zuz, yeah, there's so much plenty here. There's so much, you know, um, um, good food for 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 cheap. above live, How could it be that the Babylonians don't involve themselves more in Torah? You know, it's they, they have such easy living with in and the um laila um, sa'aru at the night it caused him pain like he you know he ate a whole basket worth so so he had you know so he had some uh, he had some stomach problems, he had some diarrhea. So Amr he said, son of the Sakina oh my god, you have a basket filled with uh with like danger in 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 for Azuz, um Ubavai, and even so the Babylonians were able to learn Torah. So now he realized that this stuff wasn't necessarily a blessing. Like, you know, maybe it could, uh, you know, causes you all, if you overeat, it causes you all these problems. So the fact that they're still able to learn Torah, you know, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, anyway, it is interesting his negative approach towards the, Bab- the, the Bavlayim, especially thinking how it's, you know, the Talmud of Bavli, you know, and where, uh, certainly from the, <coughs> from the ba- Bavli's perspective, the Babylonians were Torah better than those in Eretz Israel. But his general perception that maybe it's not just a question of the quality of the Torah. Maybe it's of their dedication to the Torah. Maybe he felt that they weren't dedicated enough, especially given the, the, the economy was better in Bubble. They had it better financially in Bubble. And as we know, sometimes uh, a life of privation actually leads to more self-sacrifice than dedication. When it's a little bit too easy, maybe it does take you astray a little bit. And anyway, that seems to be a little what's going on here. Yes.
2: Over, uh, An overarching um, sort of theme here is interweaving the brain and Torah study. Yes, both are nuanced. Sometimes rain is good. Sometimes it's bad oh, that's It true. depends on the place. It depends on the person. It depends on the kavana. Uh-huh. so too Torah learning depends on the relationship between the rebbe and uh, the students. The bag right? So it's annoying. You know, that sometimes it's a blessing. Right. Sometimes it's an irritant
0: So you're saying, is here even just the sense of the of like uh, 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 of of the dates themselves? Is this a positive or a negative? Right. right. You know, so there's a lot.
2: Torah study is like rain. Right. So all of it's Powerful imagery. That's a nice voice. The same nuances that apply to one apply to the other. Very
0: nice. Okay, now we get back to some more, I don't know, scientific, quote-unquote, analysis of rain, oh, yeah. of the water cycle. Exactly. Okay. Tanu, Tanabrisa, Tanya, Rev. Eliezer, Omer, Kolom, Kulom, u'kainis Ukainis, The whole world drinks from the waters of the Ukainis, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I don't know, if they, is that identified as the Atlantic? What do they say? The Atlantic. Oh, the Ocean. Oh, I guess, Ukainis, ocean. ocean, right, Ukianis. Okeanos what does that mean in modern Hebrew just ocean in general okay you don't say yam yam is like a sea yeah. so how do you say the Atlantic uh,
1: Okeanos okay. so
0: it means ocean okay alright so mimei from the, okeanos from the ocean which basically means it's the he understood the, uh, the idea of the water cycle you know the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the evaporation leads to, goes to the clouds and it rains and it all eventually feeds back and it all comes from the waters of the ocean and MR the verse says that the cloud rises from the ground and it waters all of, the, all of the earth so the rain comes from ultimately starts from the water that's on the earth and it rises up and then it falls back down Amal Rebbe Yoshua Rebbe Yoshua said to him one um, more time how do you pronounce Okeanus what do you mean? ocean water is salty, and the rainwater isn 't salty they get sweetened or they get sweetened in the clouds. actually, what happens is they evaporate and they leave the salt behind right yes. isn 't that how they 're not salty yeah, okay, fine okay, but anyway you 've basically got the water cycle down. So, um Yeshua Mer, Kulomi Maimel Yonim No, it all comes from, the, from waters that are above, right? You know, because the Rakiah separates from the waters above and the waters below. All the water ultimately comes from the waters stored up in heaven. As the verse says, Lematarach Shemayim Tishemayim, from the rain of the heavens you will drink water. Elamani Leminar. So, what does it mean? The cloud rises up, which sounds like the water is coming from the earth. The clouds uh, sort of uh, get strengthened and rise up to the heavens. and they open up their mouth like a uh, like like a, like a like a like a like a like a water skin, like a canteen. not and they get filled up. So the heavens is the uh, you know is the gas station, is the filling station. <laughs> so they don't get the water from the ground. They rise up, they get filled with water from the heavens, and then they bring it down. Okay, to nehemar as a verse says pour, he will pour out rain to his cloud okay. and they are like uh, they are, have holes in them like a sieve and they come and they rain down water on the land the sort of pouring out of water from the uh, clouds of the heavens So and between one drop and another drop is only like a hair so, I don't know exactly how that's relevant, but I guess they've got a lot of holes. But basically, it gets filled up above, and then they pour out through the sieve in the cloud. Um, and all of this teaches you, not exactly clear how it teaches you, Rashi says the next psuk can teach you. Going back to an earlier theme god does wonders without our comprehension gives uh, rain on the land okay, so there's no uncomprehending God's wisdom, understanding anyway, this is all terribly miraculous so again, it's interesting, right? because for him to appreciate the sort of miraculous uh, uh, nature of the rain means to interpret it in this very uh, non-natural way right, so he, this one who's saying the clouds go up, get filled with the rains above the heaven and bring it down and look, it's like Masebratius whereas the other one did not make the comparison to Masa Also, this very much evokes the idea that in Mass it separates the water, you know, the Rakia is supposed to separate the water above and the water below, so this is going back to that type of a cosmology, getting the water from above the rakia, um and bringing it back down. Okay, so we will have see more of this tomorrow.